Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. It stood with its legs parted and its arms slightly out, as if it was about to start running towards me. Well, I freaked out and started denying her demands to get in the car, but she grabbed my shoulder, placed her palm on my mouth, and dragged me to the car. How I saw her at home that day, spoke to her, and could remember what she wore. That was the first time I saw her get scared. I wasn't home, she kept saying. From Disturbed Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Welcome back in, everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales and a listener voicemail that are sure to give you the chills. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user GCAT, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby and we realize it's not who we think it is. I've experienced many odd and unexplainable events in my life, but this event has been on my mind for a few years now, and I finally decided to tell it, and pray I'm not the only one who's experienced something like this. So let's start from the beginning. I graduated from high school in 2019, and was promoted to supervisor for a kitchen in a nursing home down the street. Since I oversaw dinner, I didn't start work until about 3.30 p.m. and would get home around 10 p.m. So for the first half of the day, I would be completely home alone. I enjoyed that time. Solitude was always nice, especially when you're as introverted as I am. Normally, I would sleep in until about noon. But this time, I decided to relax on the couch in our main living room and watch Kitchen Nightmares. I remembered nodding off and falling into a light sleep, so any small noise would wake me up. The first few times I cracked my eyes open, it would just be from the cats jumping on me. So when I felt the cushion by my feet dip a bit, I figured it was my cat, Peach. After a moment, I opened my eyes and realized my younger sister was sitting at the end of the couch, her back to me. I was half asleep, so I really didn't think much of it. I figured she'd just stayed home from school, sick. So I just asked her if she could move her head so I could see the TV, but she ignored me. Still facing the TV screen, annoyed, I asked her why she was home. Once again, she remained silent, coming to the conclusion that she was just being rude. Again, I closed my eyes and fell back asleep. 
After about another hour, I got up and started to get ready for work and noticed my sister wasn't in the room or in the house. Concerned, I called her. After trying to call her a few times and getting nothing, I called my mother. She picked up and I asked her if Sis told her where she was going. My mother, confused, asked me what I was talking about. She dropped Sis off at school before going to work. My sister had been at school this whole time. In shock, I hung up and kept this to myself, convinced I was losing my mind, that it was all in my head. But I remember that moment so vividly, what my sister was wearing, how she was sitting, how I felt a shift in the couch when she sat down. This wasn't a dream. This was real. There was something in my house with me that morning, and it was not my sister. I kept this experience to myself. As a kid, I had what my parents called a very active imagination, always seeing things, hearing things, and being easily spooked. So I think it got to the point where I just convinced myself this whole experience didn't happen and that there was some rational explanation. It actually took me a few years to tell my little sister about this, once again mostly out of fear of being perceived as crazy, and I didn't want to spook my sister. But something she said to me changed that real fast. This takes place in September 2022. My sister and I were waiting in line for a ride at a local amusement park. Every year, my dad's workplace would rent the whole park for employees and their families. We spent most of the day together as a family, but about an hour before closing, Sis and I went to the back of the park to ride some night rides, so it was just the two of us, and the waiting was getting terribly boring. Sis and I aren't very close and don't have much in common, so we struggled to have a conversation and for the most part stood in silence. But out of the blue, she spoke up. Cat, want to hear something freaky? As a lover of all things spooky, that caught my attention, so I immediately replied with an eager yes, and a part of me wishes I said no. My sister is a night owl, and over the summer would stay up until 6 a.m. I had just started working a different job after quitting my nursing home position. That's another scary story for a different day. So I was starting to go to bed at 12 a.m. every night and would be up around 10 a.m. So she would be the only one awake. One night she noticed light coming from the crack in her bedroom door and she heard both my voice and our mother's voices talking. Only it was hard to understand, as if we were either speaking too quickly or just complete gibberish. She quickly grabbed her phone, checking the time, and her confusion only grew when she noticed it was 3 a.m. What were we doing awake? Sometimes my mom and I would go to the front window, if the weather was bad during the night, to keep an eye on the storm. Or if there were sirens. We both have a habit of being very nosy. So she figured that's what was going on. After a few minutes, she could still hear the voices and still see the lights. Growing curious, she got out of bed and opened her bedroom door and rushed into the hall, expecting to see me and my mother by the window talking. Only that's not what she saw. There were no lights on. It was completely dark besides the illumination from her phone screen, and there was no one in sight. Not our mother, not me, not even the cats were out there. Unsettled and confused, she turned to my bedroom door, thinking I was messing with her. She opened my door, and I was asleep with both cats. She goes back in the hall. Mom and Dad's bedroom door is also shut. She peeks in there, and both are sleeping. Now, my sister is a rational person. She was always the one to go in the basement first, tell the others that monsters and ghosts aren't real. So she completely pushed this event out of her mind, because in her eyes, it wasn't a big deal. 
maybe she was just overtired. Or our grandfather's TV downstairs was a bit loud and that's what she heard. But like my own experience, this kind of sat at the back of her head. And the house grew to be a little less comfortable. She mentioned how after that, she felt like there was always someone watching. As if they were tucked in a corner, just observing her. She wasn't scared out of her mind, just a bit confused. When she told me that, a pit in my stomach opened up and I had chills. I laughed at first because, come on, we were in public and I didn't want to flip out. So we went on the ride, and for the remaining time the park was open, we pushed that conversation on the back burner. On our way to meet up with our parents, we started talking about it again, and I finally told her about what happened to me. How I saw her at home that day, spoke to her, and could remember what she wore. That was the first time I saw her get scared. I wasn't home, she kept saying. What do you think it was then? We still don't know. We don't know if we want to know. The only thing we are sure of is there is something in our house. Looking for even more Disturbed? Join us on Patreon for ad-free listening, shout-outs, and Disturbing Calls bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Apple users can subscribe to Disturbed Media Premium directly in the Apple Podcasts app. Up next, we hear from Reddit user Jokes on Me, I guess. Featuring voice work by Matt Bradford. And we narrowly avoid being taken... I don't even know where to start because it never occurred to me that something like this was possible. But here I am. Ever since I was three years old, I knew one girl. I'm gonna call her Emma because we were in the same group in kindergarten and later we attended the same school. We were never really close until we turned about nine or ten because we got into the same group of friends and soon we became best friends, which isn't surprising for that age. And We'd hang out a lot, literally spend all our free time with each other. I knew that Emma had problems at home. Her mother was an alcoholic and addict, even though she denied it all the time. And most of the times we'd spend on the streets, however, rarely we'd stay at my place when it was raining or during storms and blizzards. But we never entered her apartment when someone was at home, and even then we never stayed for longer than 10 minutes. My mother suspected she was stealing stuff. A pair of golden earrings went missing and we never found them again, and just asked me to be more careful around her. And eventually, I noticed what my mother meant. Emma would come up with crazy excuses to stay in my apartment, like saying that if we'd go under the rain, she would catch a cold during her period, and in the future, she wouldn't be able to give birth due to that. I wasn't a dumb kid, but decided not to point it out. One summer afternoon, I decided to bring up the topic of Emma's family again. She took me to her home, and no one was there. Everything went normal, so we started hanging there more often. I noticed a lot of empty alcohol bottles and syringes around, but it wasn't my place to pry. A few days after that, when we entered, I noticed two extra pairs of shoes that weren't there before. And when we left the doorframe, I saw a woman and a man sitting in a kitchen and smoking. I knew that Emma didn't have a father. He died when she was two or so. So I assumed that it was her mother's friend. Is that Mark? You've changed a lot. Such a pretty face. How so weirded out as she and that man stared at me intently, eyeing up my body and face. I was only ten or so. Later on, I would understand how creepy that was. 
and I'm pretty sure that I'd never met her mother before, so she probably saw me in a kindergarten album. After that encounter, Emma started acting really strange, asking about my parents' full names, where exactly they worked, whether I had extended family, persuading me to go to abandoned places. She literally dragged me to her place several more times where I met her mother and that man again. Weird comments, especially about my body and face, happened every time. When I told my mother about Emma's behavior, I didn't tell about that weird stuff with her mother, and she banned me from hanging out with Emma completely. An important note, after me and Emma stopped talking, she transferred to another school by the demand of her mother. It was a regular morning, about a month or two after I stopped talking with Emma. I was heading out to school when suddenly an old beaten car pulled up near me and a woman came out of it. I couldn't see her face clearly due to the scarf around her face, and I assumed that she was just a passenger getting out of a car, so I continued my way towards the school. However, I didn't even make it more than a step when she firmly grabbed my arm. She started saying stuff about my mother being in a hospital and that I needed to go with her. Her voice seemed familiar, and the rest of her face did too. She also said full names of my parents and that she's related to me from my uncle's side, though she said his name too. Well, I freaked out and started denying her demands to get in the car, but she grabbed my shoulder, placed her palm on my mouth, and dragged me to the car. That's when I saw that the driver was that man from Emma's place. I bit the woman's hand as hard as I could. I thrashed until she let me go and ran back home. My mother came home furious after she was alerted that I never got to school, but she quickly calmed down when she saw my state. My clothes were torn on the sleeves, my arm heavily bruised, and I was sobbing. But I was never an emotional kid. I rarely showed even mild emotions. I explained everything that happened, and she showed me photos of relatives and asked if I recognized that woman, and I didn't. My mother didn't say a word to me after that, and we pretended it didn't happen. Today, I stumbled across Emma's Facebook, and there was a photo of her mother with that fucking scarf. I denied the possibility that it was her throughout my whole childhood, but here it was, a proof that makes it impossible to lie to myself anymore. I need to let it go, because my mother never got me any psychological help after this, and I just bottled it up. Why did Emma's mother do that? Did Emma know about it? I guess I'll never know. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery 
and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media. Next up is a listener voicemail from Cheyenne, and she recounts a terrifying experience in her home. I am Cheyenne, long fan of the podcast. You guys do amazing stuff. Um, Love the way it's narrated. Love the stories. Keep it coming. Um, And I am so psyched that we are able to record our own as well now. Um, And for the longest time, I couldn't remember any experiences and I would get so frustrated. And then this one popped up that I don't know how I forgot. This was back when I was in like high school living with my mom in a not so great area we're in a house that's made into like a two family and my uncle lives there and we live there and my uncle is like not the best character has a lot of not so nice friends that come by i'm just trying to be a little vague um as to not completely say anything too bad but anyway he's mixed up with some bad characters anywho we live in separate parts of the house so everything's fine one night, I'm hanging out with my boyfriend at the time. He was sleeping over, so we had a normal night, had dinner, went to bed, and the way that my room was set up, my bed was under my only window because um, I was big into rearranging my furniture in those days, as everyone was. And my bed was under the the window, so that like when you were laying with your head on the pillow, you can like the the window's right above your head. So we are sitting there, you know, laying there, sleeping, lights are out. I wake up, which never happens. I'm a pretty good sleeper. And I'm like hearing ticking, like tick, 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 coming from my window, not tapping, but like ticking. So I'm like, what the hell is that? So I turn around and like, I don't see anything, but I hear something at my window. So I'm terrified. So I jump out of bed and grab my bat my baseball bat (laughs) and I'm standing there now my boyfriend wakes up and he looks at me he's like what's wrong and I'm like speechless looking at my window because as the moonlight is coming through my window all I see is the shape of like a hooded figure like someone in a hooded sweatshirt at my window and I'm like I don't know I I, like literally bugged out and he jumps up now he's scared because I'm scared and and staring at the window speechless flip the light on and we hear 
like somebody running off of the deck because there's a deck under that window and out. So now I'm freaking out. I go wake up my mom and her boyfriend. They come down and they're like, they didn't go outside. They were just like, okay, I think you're good. There's nothing at the window. Like maybe you just heard something, you know, or, you know, you got freaked out. So I was like, okay. So we went to bed again, made sure the windows, doors, everything are locked. Uh, go to sleep for the night. I did not sleep very well. The next morning when the sun comes out, my mom's boyfriend goes outside and checks my window. And sure enough, there is a cut in my screen. Like somebody had a knife and was cutting my screen open. That's what the ticking was. Super slow so that they wouldn't wake us even though they did. Um, tick, tick, tick down. And then it was like a little L shape in my screen. And I was like, see, I was not for, like just making things up. Like I totally heard that and saw the guy and then he ran so nothing ever came of it thank god nothing like that ever happened again but i'm convinced it was one of my uncle's shady friends that was you know trying to break in essentially and right above my head in my bedroom um so i moved out of there a couple years later and moved on but that was very very scary And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Ashen Always, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas. And we see something we can't explain. I can't get this experience out of my head. Okay, so this happened two and a half years ago. I was living with my horribly abusive ex. Abusive every way except physical and sexual. And his family had a building in the back of the yard that he and I lived in. I should begin this by saying there was a lot of negative and evil energies and entities that fed on and encouraged the chaos in the home and within all of us who lived there. While I lived there, I often felt people watching me or directly behind me who weren't there. The bed we slept on would shake either as we were falling asleep or just sitting or laying on it. I would hear, huh, in my ear constantly, as if someone did a short breath in my ear. I would hear voices I couldn't explain, stuff like that. At one point, my ex was playing around with a security camera he hooked up to the TV, and there was a shit ton of orbs everywhere. Literally over a hundred orbs darting or walking past or following someone around the room either in front of or behind them or both. But this one occurrence has haunted me ever since it happened. It was in the middle of the night after yet another horrible fight between him and I. So horrible, I stormed out of the building and went to go sleep in the van. I had gotten settled and after about 10 minutes, I looked over across the yard and saw this humanoid figure. It didn't glow, but it was so white and bright against the night, I thought it did. It stood with its legs parted and its arms slightly out, as if it was about to start running towards me. And it looked like it had a skirt or something at knee length, though it didn't wear clothes or have anything on its body. It was just part of the body, I think. It didn't have a face or hair or any other features. It was horrifying. It filled me with such an immobilizing, white-knuckled fear, I was quite literally frozen. 
It didn't look scary, but it quite literally scared me more than anything in my life. I somehow knew it could read my thoughts, and that made it even more horrifying. I knew if I could just get into the house, I'd be safe. But I also knew the second I tried to move, it would do something. It never moved, and I was still frozen in fear. If I had to estimate, I'd say I went out to the car around 12.30 or 1 in the morning. I was out there, looking at this thing, terrified the entire night. All the way until the sun broke, and it was gone. And as soon as it was gone, my body unclenched itself, and I was immediately hit with this wave of exhaustion, and I was out like a fucking light. This is where shit gets even more weird. I should start this out by saying my ex was slash is a drug addict, specifically of meth at this point. He was a liar and a keen manipulator. I'm not sure why he would lie about this, but then again, he could do something right in front of you and lie to your face, so I don't know. I told him what happened, and he got this weird-ass expression on his face. And he told me that at some point or another, he made his way back into the house to use the bathroom, and while tweaking out, stuck his head out the bathroom window in paranoia. He saw a woman looking down where I was through the window of the car. He said he thought it was me and called out to who he thought was me to get back into the house. He said when she looked up, he realized it wasn't me and that she darted off across the front of the car where I was literally looking through the entire night and ran off through the neighbor's yard. I can say with 100% certainty that I was not asleep and that I wasn't dreaming. I was awake the entire night and I had the bags under my eyes and the fatigue of both lack of sleep and the adrenaline crash to prove it. I'm making this post to try and see if anyone knows anything about what the actual fuck that was, or what it could be. It wasn't a nightcrawler. It had arms, and it was much more humanoid, and I don't live in the areas in which it's known to manifest in. This experience has been on my mind a lot, more than usual lately, I'm just struggling to come to terms or to rationalize that experience. I am thankfully out of that god-awful house, and I've been out of that even worse relationship two years this January. So no need to worry about my safety or sanity now. Now folks, I've got to admit, I've been on a little bit of a cryptid kick lately. I'm fascinated by the creatures people see out there in the world, and I want to hear more about them from all of you. So give us a shout on the hotline. I'm looking specifically for those creepy cryptid creatures you may have seen. Visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com and tell me all about what it is you saw out there. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Now don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to see all the submission options. If you'd like to support the show and gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free content, and early releases, visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. And a big thanks to our newest supporters, Kyle Hansen, Jen Yelton, Emily Nowak, H. Chestnut, and April Bird. A big thanks to all of you for supporting the show. 
Music by Carl Casey at whitebataudio.co.ag. Thanks for listening. Next week we will be dark with no episode, but keep your eye on your feeds, because we'll be dropping a little something new for you to check out. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all. <laughs>